Mike Rags and Todd Burlich with a Blue Gold Report podcast. Fighting Irish sports from the inside out. Subscribe to the Blue Gold Report. It's not just talk, it's the Blue Gold Report. again everybody it is the blue gold report after a week off we are back i'm mike rags gonna bring in todd burlage here in a second get you updated on a lot of draft stuff with notre dame football a lot of guys got drafted which was a good sign some later than others but they they're on teams and that's that's always good we've got a lot to break down there a todd burlage of course from blue gold illustrated will join me in a second uh as always the blue gold report brought to you by do mccomb and sons funeral homes if you found us via a podcast Make sure you rate and review us and share us with all your friends. And if you're listening on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM on the air on your Saturday morning, welcome to the show. Let's uh, bring him in now, Todd. Uh, I know you've got a lot of blue gold nuggets, but I I was actually going to start by asking you if you got to see a friend of the show, Pat Connaughton, throughout the first pitch this week. I did not. Tell me more, Rags. Well, Actually, you texted me on the way in, and I'm disappointed that I didn't know about that. He looked great. He had his. He was in Milwaukee, Milwaukee Brewers jersey on, uh, and of course, everybody knows he was drafted as a pitcher too. So this should have went well. <laughs> he kind of airmailed it over the uh, catcher's head and uh, almost hit a photographer in the background. Um, there's a famous <laughs> gif out there of a photographer getting hit in the in the in the you know gonads on a on a first pitch. He almost matched that, but I was a little you know he got razzed from the uh, fans there a little bit. He had the form right. He just uh, what's that Bob Euchre uh, saying? Just a little bit outside. So uh, maybe next time Pat will do a little better. He, he, hey, look, we talked about it last week, last time we talked. He's playing a lot better and he's getting results on the court. And I guess that's all that matters. Yeah, he's become the sixth man, Rags, and I know throughout the season, really, he was maybe the seventh and eighth. And right around Christmas, he was really actually a coach's decision did not play. So he's played his well in, way into that six man. He uh, he played about forty minutes in that win over Boston in Game Two, uh, the Celtics. So good for him. I will have to text him and give him a little bit of a hard time. Please do. about his errant first pitch. <laughs> Please do. Uh, in case you're new to the show, uh, Todd Burlage starts every episode off with some blue gold nuggets, little knickknacks on what's going on, what we missed over the last couple of weeks. What do you got for us, Todd? Looks like I have a one, two, three, four, five and a half pack, we'll call this one. We'll start with some women's basketball sophomore Danielle Patterson, um, who complained or didn't really I shouldn't say complain, that's not fair, who wanted more playing time, but it was obviously very difficult to crack a lineup that has five WNBA draft picks. She was in the seven gal rotation, six foot two forward. She has announced that she will transfer from Notre Dame. It was a little bit ironic. When you say, I'd like to get more playing time, and then you're going to get all the playing time you could potentially want, and and you're out of here. So good luck to her. We wish her well. She averaged 2.9 points, 1.5 boards, and about 13 minutes a game. What this does, though, Rags, I already mentioned the five players leaving um, WNBA draft picks. Only five scholarship returnees from Muffet on this team. That is diminished big time. It's going to be a whole new-look team. More perhaps troubling is that only one of those five scholarship returnings stands taller than six foot. Um, so something to watch there. They do have some freshman reinforcements coming in uh, with some size. Uh, but that said, that's a little bit of a troubling uh, situation there for Muffet. Certainly she'll get through it. Hockey junior goaltender Kale Morris for the second straight year was named, named Team MVP. 
Uh, this year he had a 2.19 goals against average with a .930 save percentage. Over the last two seasons, he's only given up 2.07 goals a game and holds a nine point. I'm sorry, a 938, 93.8 percentage on saves, which is the best in the country. And guess what? He'll be back next year. Uh, he's returning for his senior year, which came as a little bit of a surprise to people, but a pleasant surprise at that. Notre Dame football, they have released their ticket pricing for 2019. The prices are the same, essentially, as they were last year, but they have added a few more cheap seats to some certain games. How this works, Rags, kind of a price level per game. So the lower tier games are New Mexico, Bowling Green, and Navy. Um, those range from a two hundred seat, two hundred dollars seat down below. You can get the upper end around the top of the bowl for forty five dollars a seat, um, and that uh, and, and that has been expanded a little bit. That upper end, those are your range, uh, two hundred to forty five on those. Rags, if you can get an upper bowl across from the jumbotron, that's probably not a bad place to be. In all honesty, for that price. Middle-tier games are Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Boston College. Those will range from 250 for that preferred seating to 65 for that upper-end seating. And USC is the lone soldier here on the premier uh, level. $300 for preferred seating and $95 for your upper-end seating. NCAA this week added three new bowl games. Los Angeles, Myrtle, they are yet to be named, but they are going to be played in Los Angeles, Myrtle Beach, and Fenway Park in Boston um, and Notre Dame, because the game in Fenway will be part of the ACC Bowl package, it will include Notre Dame. Um, so Notre Dame has played in Fenway Park before, and we might see him there again. Kind of those way-too-early polls are coming out there, football style. The top ten polls came out from most of the major sort of uh, oh, networks, Internet sites, print publications that put these out. Needless to say, Clemson, a unanimous number one. Alabama, unanimous number two. Notre Dame, kind of a little bit all over the place. Sporting News has them number five. I'm sorry, Sports Illustrated has them number five. Sporting News, number eight. ESPN, number six. They are not rated in the top ten on the CBS poll. Uh, A couple opponents for Notre Dame. Georgia is more or less a unanimous number three pick. That will be a game in Athens on 921. And then Michigan is floating around the seven hole there, and that will be another road game that will be on ten twenty six. And finally, Hesburgh the movie has been released. It's a documentary, and I've not seen it. Rags, I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about it yet. But everything I'm reading on the web is it is a must see. So if you're a Notre Dame historian, uh, go see Hesburgh the documentary, the movie, whatever you want to call it. I guess it's uh, it, it's it's really entertaining. And it's also very informative, and those are your Blue Gold Nuggets. Yeah, the trailer looks terrific, and uh, looking forward to that. That might be one I might have to wait to go see. I'm not playing anywhere here uh, where I am in Fort Wayne, but uh, really, really highly anticipated for me. Now, I know we're going to get into a lot of uh, draft stuff here. Now, I'm not sure, you know, every year, you know, the statistics come out, Todd, of, of uh, you know, Notre Dame's rankings of people drafted and all that. Have you gotten a chance to look at it, like uh, most picks by schools and all that stuff? in the history of the NFL, Jeff? Because I'll quiz you, but if you know the answers, I don't want to waste our time here. I know a little bit about it, Rags, but I'll, I'll give it a whirl here. All right, so since the NFL draft, uh, the Notre Dame has the second most picks getting into the draft at 504. You care to guess who number one would be? I think I know this one only because I, I, I've seen it in previous years. It's, it's real close, if it I'm is not close. mistaken. 
I think it's Southern California, USC. It is USC. They have 506 picks. Notre Dame has 504. All right, so first rounders, Notre Dame has 69 uh, picks. Uh, USC has 81. There's one school ahead of both of them. Do you know who has had the most first rounders? Mm, that would be a toughie. Oof, that's going hard. That's got to be a long-term program. I would guess... Uh, Texas? Texas has 43. It's Ohio State with 83. Uh, and I think what helps Ohio State is the abundance of first-rounders within each draft. You know, Instead of length of how long the program's been around, sometimes they have four or five first-round draft picks, right, which is a joke. Right. Um, and since the 2010s, though, how many schools have had the most first-rounders? You want to take a guess? who That, that one might be easy. The most uh, – Notre Dame has had nine. They're really not – they're about uh, – they probably rank about sixth or seventh. But who has had the most with 28 since the 2010s, most first-rounders? Seems like a layup with Alabama. It is Alabama. And, you know, the one record Notre Dame does have is the most drafts with a pick. Now, we might have talked about this last year, but there's only been one year where a Notre Dame player has not gotten drafted in the NFL, and that was in 1937. 83 drafts. They're actually tied with Ohio State. Um, now, they cheat a little bit because in 1977, Todd, they had a supplemental pick get drafted. So technically not in the NFL draft, but after it, but it still counts in my book. And the first draft pick ever in the NFL, you know it? 1936, this is the last one I'm going to give you. Um, 1936, I do not. I'll give you a hint. He wrote a lot of great plays. Bill Shakespeare. Oh, that's right. It is Bill Shakespeare. Bill Shakespeare. Not the Bill Shakespeare, but Bill Shakespeare nonetheless. So there's Listen, a- there's some there, there's some sort of irony here, Rags, because as I'm as I'm chatting with you, uh, my my boss from Blue and Gold Illustrated, Lou Samoji, just called me on my cell phone, <laughs> and he could have answered every one of these questions and given you detail on every answer while he was at it. And is it no surprise that the Chicago Bears have picked the most Notre Dame players all time at 41? The Steelers and Redskins are two and three. So no, and there's uh, a pretty good contingent of Notre Dame players on this particular Bears team yes, this year. I thought there was some synergy there. One of the reasons why I brought it up because uh, that that it seemed regional, and that was a good thing because they got picked um, eventually six and all right, and uh, we're looking pretty good in this draft. Uh, I, I didn't think it'd go this deep, but that that's pretty good. I'll take six. Yeah, about the going rate, Rags, I think that that's a little bit disappointing because Tavon Coney right. uh, did not go, and I think Scott Wright on his site had him as a fourth or fifth round pick. I saw some other ones that even had him as high as a third round pick. So to go seven rounds and, and not get chosen, I think, was probably disappointing to Tavon. And Alex Bars probably was the other guy that we weren't sure about. Obviously, recovering from knee surgery. How far would that drop him? Would that drop him out of the draft? Initially, he was kind of a mid-round type of guy, but obviously he was not drafted. They both landed on teams here, and I'll get to that in a second. But let me run through the guys that actually were drafted. And, Bo, by the way, we talk about this all the time. Sometimes it's better not to get drafted late, so you get to pick where you go, and you can actually make some more money up front because of that. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that, for sure. And 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 then it becomes all about fit instead of just, uh, you know, so certainly... Uh, that plays in a big factor into it. I think even more so in basketball, but certainly in football as well. Jerry Tillery, um, he was the first guy. His stock kind of rose. He was the 28th pick overall to the San Diego Chargers. Uh, for Again, a first-rounder. He became the ninth Irish player in the last eight drafts to be selected in the first round. 
And he was the first defensive lineman. This surprised me a little bit, but I guess as I went back, it shouldn't have. Uh, he was the first first round pick for a Notre Dame defensive lineman. You have to go all the way back to Ronaldo Wynn in 1997. We all know Miles Boykin, what he did in the combine, lifted his stock big time. He was next for the Irish contingent in round three. He went to the Baltimore Ravens. He will join Ronnie Stanley and cornerback Bennett Jackson. Obviously, Stanley, Stanley uh, the uh, offensive tackle there on the Ravens roster. Julian Love, a little bit of a disappointment there because this guy was being talked about late first round, early second round throughout most of the pre-draft, but his combine didn't do him much good there. He ends up a fourth-round pick to the New York Giants, where he was joined a little bit later on, a few picks later, by Drew Tranquil. Obviously, the Fort Wayne kid, a charger becomes a charger, um, where he will join Jerry Tillery and some other guys. I'll get a little bit more into that here in a second. Uh, He was the 130th selection overall, and he is now a charger, and I think he's going to have a great career. Actually, it's kind of interesting because a pretty heavy contingent of Irish players there as well. Isaac Rochelle is a third-year player, another defensive lineman from Notre Dame that's on the Chargers. We mentioned Tillery. And punter Tyler Newsom. he signed a uh, free agent contract there with the Chargers as well. Dexter Williams was the fifth pick for Notre Dame. He went to Green Bay in the sixth round. Well, he would join Deshaun Kaiser and Equinemi St. Brown on that roster, hopefully, if he makes the cut, which I think he probably will. And Alizé Mack, uh, he went in the seventh and final round to New Orleans. So, uh, again, you mentioned, uh, we, we talked about Tavon Coney, a little bit of surprise there, considering he led Notre Dame in tackles the last two season rags. And um, let's see here, there were a ton of, of, of inside linebackers that went ahead of him. Yeah. And I think everybody was really surprised that he didn't go. But, again, he caught on with the Oakland Raiders a little bit le- uh, later on. I think he has a really good chance of making making a team here, Rags. Uh, the Giants got a steal, too, I believe. Uh, I know the Jets had their eyes on him uh, in the fourth round as well, but uh, Julian Love going to the Giants, I think that might make some headway there. I think that might be the best bargain of the draft for Notre Dame players. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I mean, again, his combine didn't help him. He, right. You know, and, and plus his size didn't either. He only checked in, what was it, five foot eleven and 195 pounds, but man, the tapes don't lie on Julian Love. The, the, his numbers that he put up with the pass breakup, setting a career record here at Notre Dame. Uh, you know, he had five interceptions, a couple of those taken back for six, six tackles for loss. He, he, he tallied 176 tackles too, so he's a sure tackler. Had like I mentioned, the three touchdowns, four fumble recoveries. You know, you know the the guy was all over the place, but I think that four five four and the forty yard dash at the combine really hurt him. And again, five eleven, one hundred ninety five pounds didn't didn't do him a lot of justice either. Seems okay size wise for a cornerback, but when you then you throw in that four five four, which he did improve at his pro day here, uh, that that makes people a little hesitant. You know, in all honesty, Rags, it was sort of interesting that it wasn't even the New York Giants. First pick at cornerback. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, 11 were selected ahead of Love, which I don't think anybody expected. All right, well, let's get in a little more specific here with our first round draft pick. Goes 28th overall. Wasn't there that night. Uh, he was in Hawaii, correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice yeah, place to be. He likes Hawaii. Yeah, and that's that was one of the kind of the knocks on Tillery is, 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 you know, indeed is his head into football because he does all this traveling. I mean, all over the world. He, he, he's an eclectic guy, he loves everything. And we talked to Scott Wright about it actually a few weeks ago about how most teams are, you know, in most settings, you'd think that a guy with a lot of different interests and a wide variety of interests 
that would be a plus. But when it comes to football players and draft picks, I guess it's not so much. Um, I mentioned some of the specifics there, but you know, is this perhaps starting a pipeline now for first round Notre Dame draft picks from defensive line? I haven't seen it in a long time. I mentioned that it's the first time in what thirteen uh, uh, in three twenty two years that a Notre Dame defensive lineman has even gone in the first round. You know, you look at Julian Aquara and Khalid Kareem from next year. Those guys are both potential first-round picks. Um, you mentioned the, you watched the party in Hawaii there. Mm-hmm. Looked like a gala. Looked like a good old time. And actually, here's Tillery talking about just how excited he was to be taken by the Chargers. I wanted to have my draft party in Hawaii. And, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, be able to, uh, you know, I had you know great connection with the uh, you know with a with a, a place there to uh, help us do that, and uh, it was really something special. So, you know, it was a beautiful place to uh, to celebrate. You know, one of the biggest days of my life. So, you know, it's just a, a place that I love, and uh, you know, it's you know I associate it with you know happiness. So, <laughs> I'm excited to get in and learn, and I feel like I got a lot to learn about this game to uh, to grow my game and my skill set. And, uh, you know, as a player. And uh, so I think this is a perfect uh, situation and setup in order to, uh, to make that happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm fundamentally a different person than, you know, when I started at Notre Dame four years ago. You know, I think every, every you know, college graduate would, would tell you that. But, uh, but, you know, I've grown as a person. You know, I've gotten to see new things. I've experienced a lot more. You know, but also as a player, I've, I've learned so much more about the game than, uh, you know, I, I know so much more about football. Than I, than I, than I knew, you know, when I started, uh, you know, at Notre Dame four years ago, but uh, you know, it, and all of that has has led me to this moment. You know, when you have a draft party in Hawaii, even if you don't go in the first round, hard to get upset, Todd. Uh, <laughs> you're going to be in a good mood no matter what. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it it sure puts a nice uh, icing on the cake for him too, and he's landing in a great situation too. San Diego, a win now team. Uh, we saw another uh, big time player on the defense go to San Diego. Didn't quite have the success there we had hoped with Manti Teo, but you know, with Philip Rivers there, this team uh, made the playoffs. So it did real well last year. Um, the sky's the limit. He could be seeing major success right away on the field. Well, they have some good edge rushers, according to uh, GM Tom Telesco, and so they really wanted to fortify that interior, and they think that's what they did with Tillery. It was just kind of interesting because the knock on Tillery, and I mentioned a little bit earlier, was that maybe his head wasn't into football. He had a lot of... And he had a little bit of baggage to go along with that, sort of the episode at USC when he was a freshman. He stomped on a player and he kicked another one in the head. You know, so there were some questions about his maturity. That was a long time ago now, folks, but uh, it still came up. It actually came up in his press conference. I thought the more interesting one uh, was when he was tweeting that Les Miles, after the 2016 season, he was tweeting that Les Miles needs to be the next Notre Dame football coach while he's actually playing for Brian Kelly. <laughs> so that was that was kind of interesting. He is he's a fascinating guy. He's from Louisiana. I'm actually going to play a little uh, a two minute interview that I was able to get with him in the preseason. But first of all, let's listen to Tom Telesco talk about how he sees Jerry Tillery fitting into his system. Um, we kind of had a feeling. Uh, we knew we liked him a lot, but we were kind of feeling he was going to be in our area where we, where we could pick him, so we did a lot of work on him. Uh, he can help us in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, interior pass rush is, is uh, something we haven't quite had the last couple of years, and, and Jerry brings a different style. Um, but to have Jerry with his length and his size and his flexibility and his athletic ability, 
he can do some damage inside for us. And no, he really he can really help us in the defensive line and just makes us a stronger unit there. And they've got the first Bosa on that team too. As long as he stays healthy, right. they've got some real good defense. I mean, they're they're a Super Bowl contending team. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, with Bosa on the edge, and now I think Tillery can really come in, step in, and do some great things. And he mentioned the size at six seven, two ninety five for Tillery. He is built almost more like a defensive end with his length, but but he has the power and ability to get off tackles and whatnot on the interior that, you know, when they moved him actually from end to the interior, they, they sort of shifted him inside and put him at that three technique. He thrived this year at Notre Dame. Um, they were lucky to get him back, and obviously with a first-round pick, it's paid off. I talked to him. I had a chance to catch up with him with a, a one-on-one interview when he came back. This is a preseason interview. But just talking about what's been good about Notre Dame, what's been bad about Notre Dame, what he was expecting, I thought it was worth revisiting. So I pulled this up, and let, let's pop this in, Rags. And, and this is just something I was able to do to catch up with him before the season started. And certainly all the promises he made in this interview, he made good on. How different are you from when you walked in the door here from the first time to now you know, getting ready to finish up your last season here? How do you change? Kind of walk me through your evolution, if you would. So, I mean, I hadn't, you know, all I'd known is, you know, Northwest Louisiana and then the people there and, you know, that way of life. And uh, I think as I've, you know, come to Notre Dame, I've gotten to see the world and grow as a person and see more people and experience more things and uh, play a lot, play some really good football. So I think... Uh, so I think I've, I've just grown. I've, I've seen, you know, the, the possibilities grow so much. Obviously, long football career ahead, but you're, you're, you have a lot of interest. You're, you're a mm-hmm. unique guy. Where do you see yourself up the line? Life after football, how do you, how do you envision that? Uh, I think I think I you know I'm the type of person who can really um, who can really like adapt to different environments. So I don't know you know where I'll be after my football career, but I think wherever I land, I'll be able to, to thrive and succeed there. What was your toughest time here? When, what would you, I'm going to ask you what your best time was, but what was your toughest time? Maybe your lowest low. Uh, I think my first year, uh, I started so well and like I was I was you know I had so much success early. And then, um, and then you know, my play kind of fell, and then, and like, I, and then I was just like confused, and I wasn't, you know, things weren't going the way I wanted, and like I was, <clears throat> I was, you know, not the man anymore, you know. So, uh, so just having to work through that, and uh, I think that's really, that's really affected me in, in terms of when I see, you know, things aren't going the way I want them, just to keep focusing on, uh, on, on the little things, and things will get better. What did you have to concentrate to pull yourself through that? What, what were some of the key to get you through that low time. So it was one day at a time. Like, like I, I, I wasn't able to see. I, I was always looking for, like, looking at. Oh my gosh, we're playing. Uh, what was it, Texas at home and at, at night? Uh, I was, I was. That was my only focus. It wasn't like I wasn't focusing on practice. You know, uh, this drill in practice. You know, working through this. So it was uh, connecting like the little drills, like the little things, to you know the big picture of seeing success. So when you talk about the, we talked about the lows, about the highs. Is this, is this where you feel your best? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so I, feel, I, I mean, I've, I've never played this well. You know, I've, I've never been so focused on the, on the little things. And, you know, I've, I've focused, like you, like I just, you know, explained on connecting each each drill that we do to, to success on the field. Fascinating guy. Fascinating interview. He's studied all over the place. You know, I know one of his goals was to get to North Korea at some point and... and 
that's how ambitious he is with his travels. And we mentioned that he he had his draft party in Hawaii. I think this is about the eighth time that he's been to Hawaii. As a matter of fact, Rags, if you go back a few years, a couple years, do you remember when they had that sort of false bomb scare in Hawaii, um, where incoming missile from North Korea? Heading Hawaii's yes, way. Yes, 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 yes. He, he was actually on the beach when oh, that boy. happened, and they, they they sounded the alarms, and everybody was freaking out, including him. Um, it was shortly thereafter that he came back and recommitted to Notre Dame for a senior season, and it turns out to be a great move. It certainly does, and it, it I can understand GM's concerns. You know, he does seems like he's got a lot going on, and when when you're ending up in Hawaii on all these things, boy, it could easily see how committed. One can be to football, and because uh, sure. now football three sixty five twenty four seven, it's not like it used to be where these guys would just have like uh, you know their 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 summers off. This is uh, this is a big deal now. So the commitment level, I, you know, I that's a valid concern. Yeah, and I think indeed the coaches at Notre Dame even addressed that as part of their courtship to bring him back. Said, look. Right now, you're out there as kind of this flighty guy with a little bit of a sketchy history because of a couple episodes. Uh, I mentioned the USC and then the Les Miles thing. It would do you, it would be behoove you very well to come back and sort of up your stock both as a player and as a person, and he certainly did both. All right, Todd, before we get out of here, uh, another fine edition of the Blue Gold Report. You know, one of our favorite players, and obviously a local guy, Fort Wayne. Uh, we really want to talk a little bit more about what kind of career Drew Tranquil might have. Um, again, when the year started last year and he got moved around a little bit, we thought we were going to see a huge year from him, and maybe uh, that would affect the draft. He gets picked fourth, again, um, in a good situation as well uh, with his teammate in San Diego. So what, what exactly can we expect out of Tranquil. More of the same that you saw at Notre Dame. He's an overachiever. He's a terrific leader. It's the intangibles. First of all, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. He showed that at the Combine with, with great speed and great vertical and did all the things he's supposed to do. The guy will knock you off your socks when you actually sit down and talk to him. So he really is a complete player, and he's the first to admit it. You know, But again, he was kind of an afterthought. He originally committed to Purdue. He was only rated as the number 32 safety in the country and a three-star recruit kind of out, coming out of Carroll High School. Then, obviously, he has to recover from two knee surgeries in his first two seasons at Notre Dame. He played all of last year, basically, with a broken hand and a, and a stiff ankle and the whole works and still had 86 tackles, nine of those for loss, four pass breakups, uh, fumble recovery. You know, And also, on top of everything else, he started as a safety, then he was a rover, then he was an inside linebacker. You know, it's actually, He actually thinks that helped him, all that moving around sort of taught him you know, how to play every position. So I think, indeed, that Drew Tranquil will rise and become an absolute star, both on special teams and I, I think he's athletic enough to be a great linebacker. I really do. I think he's an amazing player. He's an amazing guy. And I'll, after this clip, Rags, I want to take us out of it because there's kind of a funny story. But here is Drew Tranquil. It's just waiting in the unknown. You seriously have no idea. You're just kind of watching the screen. You see the pick is in. You're like, dang, man, not me, not me. And then your phone rings, and it's like, wow, like your life just changes. They're just excited to have me out there. Um, they said we're about getting ready to take you, and uh, um, we're excited to make you a Charger. And once a Charger, always a Charger. 
Well, I know they're on the brink, man. They, you know, they're in the playoffs last year and, and, and take a tough loss. But, uh, you know, they're on the brink. And, and I know they want to win the Super Bowl. And I know Philip Rivers really wants to win the Super Bowl as, you know, he kind of comes to the close of his career. And so he's a great player and excited to, to learn from his leadership and, and take this thing to the next level. And, you know, I came in Notre Dame with a chip on my shoulder uh, to contribute to the tradition and the history there and, and build upon that. And, you know, it's the same as we go to L.A. and my wife and I. And, uh, we certainly look to make an impact both on the team and in the community. Okay, so all that's nice and great, right, Rags? Okay, so now he's drafted by the San Diego Chargers. There's always a lot of pressure, as Tranquil mentioned, in the draft. There's always a ton of pressure, but Drew had some extra pressure on him behind the scenes. His wife is 35 weeks pregnant. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, okay, where are we going to go, Drew? What's going to happen here? And I'm sure she's a little bit cranky, even though they're a very lovely couple. <laughs> I'm sure she's probably a tick cranky. What's going to happen here? I need a doctor. I need a hospital. I wow. need this and that. And good for her. And he'll calmly hey, work through it. Hey, listen, when the landing spot's San Diego, California, yes. you know, I think it worked out pretty well for the wife. Yeah, and especially when you know you're talking about Rochelle and Tillery and, and even Tyler Newsom, you know, hanging around too. A lot of familiarity there, and it, it is sort of fascinating that Tranquil played behind Tillery at Notre Dame. So you know, you're, you, you, there's again, you, you kind of know a guy's habits and routines and whatnot. So I think that will only help both of those players. A, another good value pick, as far as I'm concerned, too, from mm-hmm. the San Diego Chargers. No doubt about it. Sure. All right, Todd, let's wrap things up here by saying the Blue Gold Report is brought to you by D.O. McComb and Sons Funeral Homes. Um, I can do a show next week if you want to do a show next week. I'm going to leave yeah, it up to yeah, you. There's, there's some stuff we can get into, right? Yeah, there was so much going on, and I want to start breaking down what this team's going to look like in August. I was kind of disappointed with all some sort of these nuggets and the draft and everything that we weren't able to do one last week. So I, I think we need to go for it, Rags. You got it. All right, we'll see you next week, Todd. I'm going to do it all over again. Sounds good, brother. This has been a presentation of Optin Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.